This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. You just think we just, you know, whatever happens, we just shit another player. Right, and everything's going to be perfect. All of our fans think that. You all think that. That's what you write about. You don't want to be here. There's a specific reason. Not really, you know, I think we did a poor job recruiting. If guys are coming in and immediately walking out the door because it was something different than what they thought it would be. And we lied to them during recruiting or we, we sold them on a dream that wasn't true. Is we want to be a big, fast, dominating, aggressive, relentless football team that nobody in the SEC wants to play. Now, that's also a second in the West, baby. Yes, sir. <laughs> hey, hey, I don't like it. It's the only time we're ever getting excited about second. From now on, it's first, okay? When in the SEC, Probably is harder than winning the national championship. Do you know that? Well, how about the fucking dogs? <laughs> hey, buddy, this beer's for you, Mike, and cousin Shane. That SEC podcast loves the pirate, and the pirate loves that SEC podcast. Hail State! Welcome in the latest episode of that SEC podcast presented by my bookie. I'm your host, Mike Breton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter, and I'm joined as always by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Vows on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? <laughs> hey, buddy, what's going on? Oh, man, I love <laughs> it. was a great weekend in the SEC, and I thought after I made my upset Arkansas pick, you know, sometimes when you throw those out there, you're like, I'm going to get damn ridiculed to the end of the earth if this doesn't happen. And you better believe, you know, we'll get into this game. But when Arkansas was struggling there late in the second half, man, I was sweating bullets. How about you? Man, I know you are because we were constantly texting each other during this game. <laughs> Hey, buddy, I was on cloud nine because the LSU Tigers were putting a whooping on Vandy. And that's right. The streak is broken. Shane actually made some money. And I apologize for everybody that lost money because they've been betting against me, Mike. I'm telling you, this is my year. Tennessee Vols won. I tell you, it was a fantastic weekend. Now, I want to bring it down to earth because I know that's not all Tennessee fans and it's not all good gamblers on here. You know, there was, there were what, seven of you? Seven of you in a bad mood today, and I apologize. And we're going to get to the games, and, and we're going to get to where your team messed up. Absolutely, Shane. Well, uh, let's get to it. We got a lot to, to get to the action. You ready to just dive right in? Let's do it. All right, I think we got to start with the big story of the night, Arkansas shocks the world not listener to this pod but most of the world here ends their 20 game sec streak haven't won a damn sec game the streak was a thousand days thousand and seventy one days but they go on the road beat mississippi state 21 to 14 and keep in mind this was a number 16 team in the nation it's not like Mm -hmm. they were just beating some scrubs here but 
Man, what a uh, just a masterful performance here by the defense from Arkansas. Really got to credit Barry Odom and that unit. Uh, they had Bumper Pool had 20 tackles, a linebacker in this game. And, Jeez. you know, this was simple, Shane. I mean, I know a lot of people thought this was bowl. A lot of people thought I was drinking the drugs when I made this pick. But, you know, it really just came down to, you know, I got a ton of faith in Barry Odom compared to mm-hmm. Bo Pelini. We, I mean, how many times last week do we say Bo Pelini did not adjust? And I knew Barry Odom going into it would adjust. I knew this team had a lot more talent than they showed. And and I, I tried to clue people in, too, that, uh, you know, I thought LSU kind of, you know, I'm not trying to completely take away from Mississippi State, but I think LSU just kind of blew that opener. Mm-hmm. They didn't have Derek Stingley. I think that screwed up their whole game plan here. Uh, K.J. Costello had another three turnovers. So he's got seven turnovers now in Rock. two games. I mean, they're lucky they've won a game at that <laughs> rate. So, uh, yeah, just overall, I mean, it was a hell of a performance here by Arkansas. The offense nearly blew it here. Kendall Bryles' system, it doesn't really work too well if they don't get a first down. It, they don't burn any time off the clock. Uh, pick six it was one of the first plays of the game, and that turned out to be the difference maker in this game, Shane. So, Thoughts on Arkansas ending the streak. They're no longer the laughing stock of the SEC. I'm just happy for the that that's a damn proud fan base and they deserve this one. Absolutely, man. And it, and it wasn't sexy, you know. Arkansas, Arkansas. I've always felt like that blue collar, like you know when Coach was talking about the other day. We're just going to go to work, and you know you look at somebody like Frank said. You know, if you take that one big gainer out, it was he averaged like eight yards a pass. It wasn't like I said, it wasn't sexy, but it worked. And this defense, are are we sleeping on Arkansas's defense right now? I mean, we look at week one. Obviously, you're watching that Georgia game. That thing was pretty much tied up there at half. You know, mm-hmm. is 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 Arkansas uh, an upper echelon defense in the SEC this year? I mean, I said it during this game. I think they got a top five defense right now. And I don't, oh. I don't think that's crazy. <laughs> I don't either because everybody thought week one was a fluke, but then week two you're watching it and it's like, man, they they, they really dialed up. And um, I don't know. I just all around, I will say this, Mississippi State made a lot of mistakes, okay, uh, mainly at the, the arm of KJ. I mean, he what do you have, three interceptions? And yep. – you, you kind of say to yourself, I don't know if you remember me saying this after the LSU game, that, that he, he forced a lot of balls. And there was a lot of opportunities that the defense left on the field. And I think Arkansas wasn't as forgiving. Do you think, and I, I don't want to, because here we just got off the bandwagon of, of Mississippi State. Is KJ a good quarterback? I mean, is he a good quarterback in a good system, or is he is he a is he a great quarterback? I, I'm, tr- I'm still trying to figure it out. I, I think he's mm-hmm. a good quarterback in a good system, and he's got to learn from these mistakes that he's making. And if I'm telling you, if if he didn't have three interceptions, they'd be two and zero oh easily. Right. Yeah, I th- I kind of lean to what you're saying. I think he's a good quarterback in a you know an outstanding system. What really killed Mississippi State, I thought, was Kylan Hill left the game early. He got, I believe, hit in the head, and, and he just kind of, you know, they they were kind of lost without him. He's such a dynamic player, and I think, you know, I'm not uh, putting this on the Mississippi State's receivers or anything because they had a ton of guys catch passes, but just, you know, not a lot of dynamic playmakers there. And That's kind of what we had been seeing most of those guys' career, mm-hmm. and it just wasn't 
like it was week one where they were just busting wide open on on these terrible LSU defensive backs. So I think that's this is going to be kind of what we're seeing. I mean, Mississippi State's got to play better on defense. They need that production from Kylan Hill. They need it from that running back position where, remember, it was last week one. I mean, my, the, my guy, the guy had – Kylan Hill had like 150 yards receiving. So mm-hmm. you take that out of the equation, that's just – I don't know, they, they could never make up for that, and, and it came back to haunt them in this one. And now, I it certainly, you know, I don't want people to think we're just saying, you know, let's uh, throw the damn pirate overboard and let's sink this ship and start over because Mississippi State is still going to catch some people this year, but this yep. is kind of what you're getting into with Mike Leach. One week, it's a stunning upset. The next week, stunning, <laughs> stunning upset the wrong <laughs> way. You know what I mean? So... Yeah, I thought the funniest damn thing I saw on Saturday night. Well, aside from Arkansas just putting out all these damn pirate movies and and everything, um, I don't know if you saw it, Shane, but a Tennessee fan, I believe it was, showed Mike <laughs> Mike Leach bandwagon video. You know, it's all happy yeah. Mississippi State, and then they cut to the Sooners when they had their little <laughs> cycle and it fell over. <laughs> oh well, Mike, like I said, I I. There, there was a lot of things that Mississippi State could have done to win this game, and I think if you're a fan, you're still happy. You really are. You got to understand this isn't this isn't Coach Lee's guys. This isn't Coach Lee's quarterback. Right. Just imagine what happens when he does get that talent down there, or, or you know, just the off. I mean, it, there's there's brighter days ahead for Mississippi State. In fact, you're sitting there at one and one, and if I told you that you'd be one and one two games in, you would said, yeah. I see it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They didn't expect the LSU win, but, you know, the, the, I, I still think they're going to be fine. And on the other side of the ball, I'm watching this thing, and I keep thinking about that that stupid question that one guy asked uh, last week. Do you remember? He was like, you know, after the Georgia win, after you lost to the fourth-ranked team in the nation, he's like, <laughs> it's been 20 games since the SEC, since you've won a game in the SEC. And I'm like, you know, and he's like, what? And he's like, what, when do you expect to, to win your first game? And he's like, I hope this weekend. And I, that's all I'm thinking about is Coach Pittman's like, I, I can't believe I'm having to answer this question. And, of course, he's thinking about winning this weekend. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just thought it was awesome because after – I mean, you feel good. I mean, I, I, I find myself pulling for Coach Pittman, you know, just – I don't know, just because the way he is a player's coach, the way I've seen him, um, he's, he's just a cool guy to be around. And, and I'm sure this team is uh, on cloud nine. So they're, they're, they're out of their 24 hours. They're back to work, Mike. But uh, this, was a, this was a good win for the Razorbacks. And good, good win for the fans, man. I mean, it's been 20 games since they beat an SEC team. I, good, good for them, man. Mm-hmm. Well, let, you speaking of Coach Pittman, let's kick it over to him on uh, the performance of that defense, Barry Odom's defense, how outstanding they were on Felipe Franks, what, uh, you know, the game he had, and then what this win means for the program and what it uh, could mean for just recruiting and, and finally on getting that cold water dumped on him. Sam, what you think of your defense? I guess it looked like you were dropping eight all night, which LSU kept playing man last week. And the, the game plan Barry had, all the turnovers and, and the fourth down stops, if you could kind of just touch on all that. We had watched, you know, a couple of games from last year uh, on Coach and uh, his offense. And uh, 
some teams that had played him had had some success doing what we tried to do. So it was easy to find and and uh, and then Barry said, "This is what I want to do." He said, "Just keep reminding me to be patient." I said, "Okay." And all week, the kids believed that we could rally around the ball, and make tackles, and for the most part tonight, that's exactly what we did. So. Uh, you know, a little bit, it's a copycat league and a copycat world a little bit, but uh, we copied some teams that had played them, that had had success, used, success, used some things from them, and then certainly had our own input as well. Costello had all the publicity coming in, but Felipe had a heck of a game. Talk about Felipe tonight. He was tough. You know, he made some key first downs, you know, running the football as well. Uh, our protection, for the most part, was pretty solid. Uh, you know, those kids had, had uh, they had gotten seven sacks the week before. I don't know what we gave up. I can't. I need a bigger print, Kyle, because I can't. I can't read. You know, three. Uh, but um, uh, anyway, um, I thought our kids held up pretty good for him. He's tough, you know, and and uh, we just gave it. We had the one fumble down there. I believe it was just one. I don't know. We lost it, but. Um, we got to do a better job there, but he's a good leader. Good, he's a good quarterback. He'll only get better in this system, I believe. Hey, coach, you touched on the state, and and just I think everybody's worn this twenty-game losing streak. Um, just how big is it for what you're trying to do with this program to just go ahead and get that now, and and build off of that with the fans and and your team as you go forward with eight games left in this season. Uh, it's huge. I think it's huge for our team. I think it's huge for the season. You know. Obviously, I think recruits will look at that and say, hey, you know, I kind of wanted to go to Arkansas. Well, now, you know, we've given them a reason to come on. And, uh, but I think, you know, hopefully it'll help us with the kids in state and different things of that nature. But um, I don't know. It's just, a, it's, it seems like it, winning tonight was a pretty big deal, you know. It kind of feels that way, you know. And, and uh, again, uh, I'm just – I'm just really proud, you know. Coach, obviously winning a game like this can only help recruiting to win it this early in the season in a difficult recruiting environment. How big is that for you and this staff? And then second, how did that ice water feel at the end of the game? Well, we'll find out how well it helps us in recruiting, I guess, you know. But it certainly didn't hurt us, I can tell you that. Uh, the ice water, it was cold, you know. Uh, Remember when we, they had the bucket challenge or whatever about five or six years ago? It felt kind of like that. It was cold, you know, but I got out. I'd like them to douse me every week if, they, if that's the reason they're doing it. All right, and uh, I should note we don't have comments from Mike Leach. From what I understand, the mic wasn't working in the back. He probably didn't even want to talk anyway, so there's no comments from Coach Leach, but, so that's why we're just keeping it to uh, Sam Pittman here. But, yeah, I mean – kind of echoing all the same things you said this is just a big win for the program and uh you know say what you want you know we're we've been very harsh on chad morris in the past and it's this is not necessarily an indictment just on him but all these coaches i mean when they come in they're what they are is they're salesmen you know they're selling yeah. a dream they're selling what could be and that'll only take you so far i mean you got to show results on the field and for the first time in a long time Arkansas coaching staff can point to something as, you know, this is what you can expect when you come here. And keep in mind, 
This is something, you know, in recent years we heard Jeremy Pruitt and Dan Mullen and a lot of these guys. This is probably going to be the worst roster Arkansas ever has under Sam Pittman. Yeah. So it's just so. it's just going to get better from here. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. that would be the message that I'm relaying uh, if, if I'm an Arkansas coach right now. For sure. Sell the dream, buddy. And coach can sell it, buddy. I'm telling you. Uh, <laughs> he, 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 he'll he get you. He's You could see he's got some salesmen in him. So uh, this is, like I said, good win for the Razorbacks. All right, Shane, let's kick it over to the big game of Saturday. It's kind of turned out to be an epic dud here. <laughs> Georgia, number four, Georgia, number seven, Auburn. Uh, the Bulldogs just beat the hell out of Auburn, 27-6. to six. Mm-hmm. Stetson Bennett time. The mailman has arrived, and he <laughs> delivered a fresh-ass whooping to Auburn. <laughs> this was the Chad Morris we thought we were getting, Shane. <laughs> And I don't know if you want to confirm this or not, but uh, leading up to Saturday, I believe I said to you, my God, I'm feeling terrible about this Auburn pick. And it played out just like that. Uh, I don't know what in the hell I was thinking here. This is the Bo Nix that we've come and come to know. And, mm-hmm. you know, the one thing that I kept noticing from this game, I don't know what the hell this is on him. You know, I don't like to just trash guys because I – I think he gets trashed too much, but on Saturday it just seemed like it. It just seemed like he was totally uncomfortable in the pocket, and he was just running for his life when he didn't even have to. And he's, I mean, my God, has a guy ever settled his feet and thrown a pass? He, he's like, ju- <laughs> he's jumping backwards. He's, he's doing fadeaways. I mean, let's, I don't know what the hell is he doing back there. And uh, this is just a recipe for disaster against Auburn and. I, I don't know. I'm just like at a loss for words here. I mean, this is basically the Georgia we thought we were getting, and this is the the Auburn that I kind of mocked all off season, wasn't it? Yeah, and it, you know, it kind of surprises me. I thought I thought Bo would be a little would have a letter a little bit more poise back there, but I mean, you got to credit this defense. I mean, these boys came to play, and and it felt at times that Georgia had 15 players on that side of the ball. That's just, I mean, they had people in the backfield. They had everybody covered downfield. So uh, I, I I don't think Bo slept last, uh, that night, <laughs> to be honest. He's having nightmares of being chased by a red jersey. So uh, this, this, was a, this was a defense win, man. This is, Georgia lived in the backfield. He, they lived, I mean, they just, it was total domination is what it was. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say Bennett was, was, was great, uh, because he wasn't, but he was a good game manager. He didn't have to, you know, and and something coach is going to talk about here in a minute. You know, he just had to give it to this athletes that were around him. And that's exactly what he did. He was a general manager out there and he just didn't screw it up. And, um, Georgia's defense, man, I'm telling you probably best damn defense I've seen in a long freaking time, Mike. Yeah, Auburn rushed for only 39 yards. And, of course, you know, late in the game they got – Auburn was down by so much they had to go to the passing game. You know, kind of like Terry Wilson, Bo Nix threw it 41 times. Auburn's never going to win a football game. Mm -mm. They're asking Bo Nix to throw the ball 41 times. He had 177 yards, did not have a throwing touchdown, had an interception. So, yeah, I mean, this thing played out perfectly for Georgia – they are who we thought they were at this point. It looks like, you know, my biggest question, and I guess it's not a, it's nothing that Kirby Smart like has to sit out here and answer, but why in the hell is Stetson Bennett not the starter to begin with <laughs> uh, based on what we see? I, I see what you're saying. You know, he's not like, you know, he's not, uh, 
I've heard the comparisons with Baker Mayfield. I mean, that's kind of ridiculous. That, that guy was number one overall pick. But but Bennett does seem to spark this team. He knows how to read a defense. He makes the plays that are there. He gets the ball to the guys uh, when they're open. And, hell, with Georgia, with this defense and this offensive line coming around, that's all you really need. You don't even need. Uh, now, you may need it against Florida. You may need it against Alabama. Mm-hmm. But just about everybody else on their schedule, I think Stetson Bennett is good enough to win the rest of the, you know, the rest of the way for Georgia. What are your thoughts on that? Well, and just just the story itself, man. I mean, the the fact this guy's been there forever. He leaves the university. They beg him to come back. He comes back. They get two more transfers in. It's like. <laughs> You know, I'm just burying you in the depth chart. And then he gets an opportunity and he shines. Not not just this week, but last week as well. So mm-hmm. uh, this is, yeah, he's a spark, man. He's the, he's the guy that you find yourself pulling for in that locker room. So uh, it's just a great story. Uh, I think they, what do they call him? Mailman? Did you see that? I think, I yeah, think that's the mailman. His the mailman. So a uh, little, little Carl Malone throwback there. But <laughs> no, John Stockton. Was it John Stockton? Yeah, that was the mailman. No, no, Carl Malone, I think. Yeah, Carl was the was the mailman. That's right. All right. So anyway, I digress. We're not. We're talking <laughs> about football, Mike. This was a this was a great win for Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, they they really, you know, a lot of people were were making fun of them last week, myself included. You know, I, I thought shit. This 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 team really took a step back. But this week, national stage, they just. I mean, it wasn't even close, man. It wasn't even a ball game. Georgia, Georgia just implemented their defense and pinned them ears back, and they were all over them. Well, let's kick it over to uh, Kirby Smart, the winning coach here, and you know he had he had some juice to him in this presser. This is a Kirby we rarely get to see. I mean, he was basically talking shit to the media here for <laughs> all they've been saying all week long. He talked about uh, Stetson Bennett on keeping Bo Nix off rhythm. And then on what changed so much since last week when Georgia <laughs> struggled so much there against Arkansas? Kirby, uh, obviously you brought in Jamie Newman, you brought in JT, you started Dwan last week, but you had Stetson kind of the whole time. Is, is he like surprising you? Is he making a believer of you? Yeah, I, he's not surprising me, no. Um, you know, it's a it's a tough situation where you know I, I can recall the day that we decided to to offer him to take him back, and uh, you know we had to fight, scratch and claw to get him to come back, and uh, I'm certainly glad we did. Um, it was a it was an interesting decision because we had an interesting dynamic on our team, and we felt like what we knew of Stetson, he would be a uh, productive player and a good player, and Stetson's never lacked confidence in himself. You know, I'm I'm, I'm happy for him. I want to temper that enthusiasm that he knows he's got to get better. Um, people around him played well, and that's important for Stetson. But he did a good job of understanding what we wanted to do in the game plan, and he executed that really well. So I was very proud of him. He studied really hard this week. And, you know, the cumulative effect of the number of reps he took last year, I don't think we can ever measure that. Uh, I think you have to take that into consideration when you're talking about JT, uh, Carson Beck, and Dewan, who were all talented in their own right. I mean, they were talented football players. But Stetson taking every single rep with the twos the entire year last year has an effect. And I know it's not the same offense, but it's the same defenses. You know, it's the same preparation. It's just a different word. 
Uh, and he did a good job of managing those things. And uh, we'll continue to develop him as well as the other guys. Kirby, it seems uh, that uh, Auburn just never could get rolling offensively. Did y'all, I mean, were you satisfied with how off kilter Bo was most of the night? And was that because of the blitzing or was that uh, other stuff y'all were showing? You know, I don't know. I didn't think we finished well. I thought we had, uh, I don't know, I, I would be guessing four or five missed sacks. Uh, just couldn't get him on the ground. Um, I think that uh, credit to his athleticism because we got some pretty good athletes out there that couldn't get him on the ground. Um, but I, I, I was pleased with the, uh, the way we finished, obviously with six points in the production, but we left a lot of third downs. You know, we, we don't usually give up a lot of third downs. We've been good on getting off the field on third down, and, you know, seven of uh, 16 is not our – we don't meet our goal. And so uh, we, we know that, that that second – that drive – first drive of the second half was not uh, up to our standard. Go to Mike Griffith and then Chip Towers. Yeah, Kirby, can you give us some insight into, into what went on this week as far as getting your team focused and, and recalibrated? I know there was a lot of newness on that offense and some new staff members. How were you able to get this team settled down and, and focused like this this quickly for Auburn? We didn't do anything different than we did for Arkansas. I mean, we, we practiced on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We prepared. We went through our normal routine. Uh, I think they had one more game under their belt. That probably helped. Uh, we executed at a higher level, um, which we didn't do against Arkansas. Um, but they, we, we, we didn't do anything else. It was not like a magic speech or a, a motivational uh, everybody. I mean, it wasn't there. We, we, the men in that room trust the men in that room, and they trust the coaches, and they listen to us. And we told them last week, it's never as good as it seems, and it's never as bad as it seems. But everybody now wants to make it really bad, last week and really good now. And guess what? It's probably somewhere in the middle. Yeah, Kirby, how much do you attribute uh, uh, the, the good play of the offense to the offensive line in particular? It seemed like a much cleaner effort than, than a week ago. Well, I don't know. They were terrible last week, so something must have just happened. I mean, the Wizard of Oz came and saw them and gave them all courage and ability, and they, they played better. They were the same guys, guys. I mean, they, 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 it's not any different. Uh, I, tr I attribute it to the fact that we didn't have a ton of penalties, although we had too many, and uh, we didn't turn the ball over. It's not rocket science. All right, so this is what I'm talking about. My Kirby was in rare form here. I think he really took issue to, you know, all the people calling out his team and the offensive line and all this, and, boy, uh, it showed, I think. I mean, this was an angry George. This is not a team that you want to be screwing around with and uh, they'll because they'll put a hurting on you. I know it. It really did. If, I don't know what news clippings they said, but there was a lot of people. Not me, Mike, because I picked Georgia to win this thing. <laughs> but you and other people. I mean, that was the like when we put out the tweet. Who do we think is going to have the upsets, and or what do we think? There was a lot of people picking Auburn, man. And I and I don't know if they had all those clippings just. Uh, painted up there on the walls down there in Athens, but mm -hmm. but these guys came out with a chip on their shoulder, and it's, and like you said, it, it felt like they were playing angry, and that nobody nobody wants angry bulldogs, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, and you know, speaking of that, it, this this is funny, just because I picked Arkansas to win, so I tweet I retweeted my picks, you know, immediately after, 
And I was like, how about this one, boys? And then at first, it took like 10 seconds. They were like, how about that Georgia pig? (laughs) (laughs) So that's what you get, man, for trying to brag on the internet. They just fucking slam you right back down. But uh, speaking of getting a slam back down, let's kick it over to Gus Malzahn on what there is to learn from this loss, the message he's got for his team after the game, and then on Bo Nix's performance against Georgia. Gus, I I think you said it earlier, this is a line of scrimmage league. I wonder what's the bigger eye-opener from you for your plan, how Georgia gassed you run game offensively or how they constantly had had Bo under under duress tonight? Yeah, you you know, uh, they're a veteran – veteran group you know and we're we're not very veteran we learned a lot and like I told our guys we're going to learn a lot from this game and we'll use that moving forward but you know we had uh mostly new stars offensive line they got tested tonight and then we got a lot of new stars on the defensive line they got tested tonight but we'll grow from it and uh but I think when that happens you got to give the other opponent credit and that's that's what they did Yes, Coach. Uh, what was your message to the guys after the game? Well, I think uh, sometimes you just got to man up and uh, you got to see it like it was. And like I said, my opening statement, I mean, they, they got after us. They got it after us in all three phases. And, uh, they outcoached us. Uh, it's, a, it's a team loss. But it's also we've got a, a young, inexperienced team that can grow, and we will grow. And they competed. Um, I just said that, hey, that this is adversity. We've got eight more SEC games. Uh, it's going to be a grind. Um, our team uh, has potential to improve greatly, and we will. And uh, just keep your head up and take it like it is. And we they, they got the best of us, but we're still capable of being a good team, and I really believe we will be, um, you know, moving forward. Gus, just what was your initial reaction from the way Bo handled it tonight? It looked like he was under pressure on pretty much every play. Well, you know, like I said, uh, especially in the second half, you know, when we had to throw the football and we were behind, you know, they got good pass rushers. And even if you got veteran guys up front, you know, it's tough. But uh, he competed and he fought. I mean, you saw him making plays and moving around. And, you know, the thing about our offensive line, they'll, they'll learn from this experience and they'll improve. Um, you know, there's some some competitors, and, and they'll bounce back. All right, Shane, so right after this one, you did a roundup of old Gus and all his excuses after all these Georgia losses. Mm-hmm. Sounded exactly like what I'm hearing here. I mean, they got, they got no answers, and you know, I guess maybe that's kind of what you expect after you just get your ass kicked all, all night long. But, I mean, at what point uh, – yeah, but he's at only, what point he's can only, we expect something here from this offense? He's only beat him one time, right? I, 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 if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think it was that year they. And then they got beaten the, the SEC championship. championship. Yeah. <laughs> so they lost. So, the, they lost the one that matters. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, it's just, I, and it's the same shit. I was just curious. I don't know why I did it, Mike. But I was like, I'm just curious what Gus has said the other five times, you know? And <laughs> it's the same old things, like. It's three aspects of the game, and we did blah, 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 you know. So, how, how, I mean, you're sitting there this far in to his tenure, and, and now he's coming out. Have we, have we played the clip? You played the clips, right? Yes, sir. And they're talking about he, like, it's a rebuild. Uh, like, what? You, you know what I'm saying? You're, you should be at that point 
Auburn should be at the point where it's not a rebuild. Yeah, there's some young players on this team, of course, but everybody has that. It's a reload. That's that's what Auburn is. You know, you can't beat Alabama last year and then come out this year and, and act like you're you know you're you're uh, rebuilding a program like Lane Kiffin down there in Ole Miss. It, it that that's not an excuse you could hang your hat on. You guys look like garbage. Your offensive line had no answer for Georgia's defense. Uh, Bo Nix, like you said, played like a like a like he played against it, Florida, mm-hmm. like he was rattled. And I mean, a coach has got to be able to 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 find plays to calm your quarterback down. I mean, it's all psychological, and and you think Gus would would not? They just didn't have an answer for anything. It just it looked like they were unprepared for Georgia. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, and it, I mean, you said it perfectly. I mean, Gus, his background, what is it? He's an offensive coordinator. He's this offensive guru. Mm-hmm. He hired Chad Morris. Okay, maybe he can't be a head coach, but, you know, there was plenty of people saying he's an elite offensive quarterback coordinator. He, he's this quarterback developer. Uh, Bo Nix, say what you want about him. He's a five-star. Tank, mm-hmm. he's a five-star. You got, I think they got about eight four-star receivers on this roster. I mean, at some point, this is not good enough. This is not a rebuild. This, All the pieces are there. Yes, the offensive line is reshuffled, but, hell, that's on the coaching staff. I mean, so right. you don't just replace your entire offensive line every year or something like that. But, you know, this is the thing with the 10-game SEC schedule, and you're getting a damn monster week two. This can happen to you. Now it's about how they respond. Auburn, we'll get to the Arkansas game here in a bit, but after that they got South Carolina and Ole Miss. Auburn should be favored in all three of those games, not saying they're just going to outright win them because if they play like this on offense, they may not win any of them, but there's plenty of opportunity for Auburn to bounce back, but we just this was like a disgraceful performance. when I, I at least thought it was going to be a game. You know what? Yeah, me too, man. All right, so uh, next game here. Let's the one Shane's been waiting to talk about. Tennessee <laughs> opened up a can on Missouri, thirty-five to twelve, and you know, in fairness, we both thought this would be a pretty tight game. I mean, that's what yeah. Tennessee's known for: is <laughs> playing these damn games. That uh, you know, you, the cardiac balls here going down to the wire. But no, basically, from start to finish, Tennessee just dominated this thing. They opened the game with a scoring drive, a touchdown drive. They had to go for it. On fourth down, a couple of times, with no hesitation, just line up, let's <laughs> pound this damn ball all over Missouri. And this is what you're expecting when you got an offensive line like this, Shane. I mean, how many times do we talk up? I feel like there can't be another podcast out there that talks about linemen more than we do. <laughs> and it's just heartbreaking when they don't do what we, you know, hyping them up to do. Well, this, I know it's uh-huh. only one game, it's only Missouri which I'm not saying they're terrible or anything, but you know there's going to be plenty of other games to go here. But Tennessee rushed the ball 51 times for 232 yards, mm-hmm. four touchdowns, and that's what you thought you were getting when you got all these five-star linemen. And they just, I mean, just the entire game. By the end of the first quarter, I said, Missouri is worn out. <laughs> and I, I literally, I mean, I'm not even kidding. I, I cannot recall... The last time Tennessee had an offensive line that uh, was able to overpower an SEC opponent like that, can you? Mm-mm. No, I mean it's been a while since 
what the Tyler Bray days, maybe, you know, that mm-hmm. they had a pretty good crew there, but we didn't have the other talent. We didn't have the other pieces. So this, this was, this was music to my ear, Mike. I went into this game. I was like, please God, just be one of those games that you don't have to worry about, you know? And there was, mm-hmm. there was a couple of times, you know, when they, when they brought in the backup, I was like, Oh shit, here we go again. You know, cause they started moving the ball, but this offensive line, yeah, they were the heroes, man. I mean, anybody that had it running back had a hell of a day. Everybody was averaging over five yards of carry just about. Uh, they call it the the they call this line. I don't know if you saw this, uh, the Tennessee Valley Authority, the TVA, <laughs> 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 which is fantastic. Uh, but that's but that's football, man. You know, when, when we took that first drive and we had those fourth downs and stuff like that, you know, I'm sitting here and I'm watching the push of these guys. It wasn't, it wasn't pretty, it wasn't sexy, you know, and it didn't have to be, but that's, that's what they were trying to do, man. They were trying to wear this defense down. And I'm telling you after that second drive, uh, there was hands on hips, man. Uh, Miss Missouri was tired. And now on in the backfield, I would like to issue an apology to Jarrett Garantano because I haven't been fair to him. I told you it's love-hate relationship, Mike. Last week, we didn't see eye-to-eye, but this week, man, he was throwing some dimes out there. And and I just hope that is uh, 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 something of, uh, what do you call like, oh, shit, Mike, it's getting late, um, signs of things to come, you know, mm-hmm. not not just a one-week wonder. Yeah, and I mean, that's going to be key for Tennessee because with that line, with that running game, that's what these elite teams in the SEC are going to do. They're going to make Garantano and these receivers beat them. And Garantano, you know, it wasn't perfect by any means, 14-23, but he got it done. I mean, this game was never really a doubt. And, you know, some of these receivers were making plays. Mm -hmm. And the defense, that's the key to this whole thing to me. Because if you got this dominant rushing attack and then you've got an incredibly fast, incredibly physical defense, I mean, this is the exact combination that Jeremy Pruitt wants. And all of a sudden, for all the doubters, this is a very, very dangerous Tennessee team. Uh, So let's kick it over to Jeremy Pruitt after this one, talking about uh, Jarrett Garantano's performance and going for it on so many fourth downs. I thought this was kind of the quote of the day here from Pruitt on matching up with Georgia. My God, he's already, he's eyeing Georgia. It's been a while since a coach at Tennessee could say that. And then uh, he just talked about his joy of coaching this team. Jeremy, would you talk about one, the efficiency of Jarrett Garantano today? And secondly, the mindset to continue to go for those short yardage situations. Well, um, you know, there's, there, I know there's three times in the game that, um, uh, I didn't feel like Jarrett probably made the right read uh, that I saw. Uh, but that, you know, I think there was three times last week. You're talking about three out of 76 or ever how many snaps we had today. Uh, he's continuing to work hard uh, to, to, to put us in the right plays. We put a lot on him, uh, and he can handle it. Um, you know, and, and as far as going forward on fourth down, I mean, it's it, it's got to be a mindset, you know. Um, you know, I talked to our team about it. You know, we're, we're not living in fear. You know, all these guys came here uh, with all the unknown. We didn't we didn't know what to expect with this virus. And uh, there wasn't there wasn't nothing that happened in the past to draw upon. So we're sure not going to play in fear or coach in fear. 
Jeremy, you got Georgia next week. Do you, do you feel like this team, this program's ready to challenge and contend with uh, with a team like Georgia? Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's the last two years we've played them. Uh, you know, they've had a really good football team. I'm sure I've not even watched them, but I'm sure they'll have a really good football team this year. I mean, uh, they've got good players. Uh, they've got good coaches. Uh, but we do, too. Uh, and that's why we all that's why I came to Tennessee. That's why these players came to Tennessee is to play in games like this. So we're, we're looking forward to it. David. Uh, Jeremy, what do you feel like you've learned about your team through two games this year? You know, the, uh, we have a guy, we have a bunch of guys to me that are winners. Um, you know, they're, they're good kids, um, good men that uh, work hard. Um, they got a, a kind of an edge about them when it comes to uh, doing the right thing and uh, competing. Uh, they're coachable. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's fun to be around them. Um, it is for me to be around them. They might say the opposite about me. Uh, but um, I love coaching these guys. I love the, the men on our staff and um, everybody we got, men and women on our staff, everybody in our organization. Um, you know, it, it's, it's exciting times for me to, to get up and go to work every day and be around uh, everyone. All right, Chad. So obviously we just saw Georgia beat the hell out of Auburn. Mm-hmm. And yet here is Jeremy Pruitt not backing down from that challenge. He knows the Georgia program well. He faces them every year, obviously. You know, how much confidence do you think Tennessee's going to have rolling into Athens that they can actually win this game? Oh, man. I'm telling you right now, Tennessee balls are on cloud nine. That, that locker room is is – lit as the kids say you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. just just as georgia is i mean we they went out there they got the job done and you know everybody knows what it's about it's it's i tell i've never seen a team like this like like eric gray ty chandler they did freaking awesome but garantano did awesome the these receivers had a couple drops, but they, you know, they still made plays when they need to. Palmer looks great, but this offensive line is the heart and soul of this team. And I'm telling you, these boys, they were on cloud nine, and it's going to be the clash of the Titans. So forget the rest of the team. I know Georgia's got a lot of talent, and we're going to get to the Tennessee Georgia game, but the, my eyes are going to be fixated on the trenches because it's going to be like a Sunday game like an nf i mean there's going to be so many so much nfl talent uh on that line it's going to be it's going to be fun to watch so uh i think uh what's his name cole kubulak how you say his name cole kubulak yeah i bet his ass is at this game man because he he's gonna love this he's gonna love these trenches man (laughs) hey but i i I don't want to just I don't want to just talk Tennessee. I want to talk Mizzou for a second because there was some great things in this game. Uh, I want. Do you, I think they found them a quarterback, brother? I'm glad you said that because I wanted to talk about uh, Connor Basilak. I called him Ballsack during the offseason. I apologize for that. It's Basilak, but yeah. Now they did, but it in a point. I mean, Sean Robinson, I thought was clearly the better quarterback against Alabama. Basilak, clearly the better guy against Tennessee. Maybe that is more the 
you know, the offense, they want to run the one they did against Tennessee, but I thought they performed better against Alabama. So that's, I think, why Eli Drinkowitz has been kind of noncommittal about which quarterback he wants to play because I think Mm -hmm. he sees strengths from both of them. And certainly Sean Robinson was was not his day on Saturday, clearly. And Basilak came in, he sparked the team. Uh, and if not for a couple of Missouri drops, I mean, maybe we had a competitive ball game, including, you know, there was mm-hmm. the one uh, deep bomb to. Yeah. I can't, yeah. I can't remember the Missouri receiver, but he just flat out dropped what would have been a huge touchdown. Would have, would have got Missouri right back in it. So, I mean, these are the, the things with this Missouri team. You're already down a couple of scholarships. Yeah, it's obviously a first-year system. Uh, Larry Roundtree, I mean, he had a hell of a game. So, I mean, they've got the pieces, but you just cannot have these kind of, you know, drop touchdowns and things like that if you're going to win in the SEC. And uh, I, I think they'll, they could come around from that, but it's, it, it just showed on, on Saturday against the, the, the better teams in the SEC, that's just not going to get it done. No, it's not. And also, I'd like to highlight – Probably one of the, probably one of the best, if not the best player on the field, and that was Nick Bolton. Mm-hmm. I mean that that dude is an absolute animal. He was all over the place. I think he had like 17, 18 tackles uh, during this game. It seems like every time something happened or uh, you know a third down was stopped, it, it, there there was number thirty two. Mm-hmm. Well, let's kick it over to Coach Drink real quick, talking about uh, Connor Basilak, his performance on the receivers and uh, what they need to do to, to work on those drop balls. And then on uh, how close this offense is, because it seems like, you know, they're very, very close to clicking, but they're just not quite that yet there in mm-hmm. at Missouri. Hey coach. Uh, what'd you think of the way Connor came in in the second quarter and then finished the game for you guys? And how do you think he solidified himself maybe as your guy moving forward or not? Yeah, I'm not going to make any decisions right now, but I did think he played, handled himself well, handled the environment other than the one decision on the interception. I thought he managed the game really well and gave us a chance to to move the ball. He made some good throws, uh, made some good reads. So, Dave Matter, go ahead, Dave. Eli, how much do you have to adjust the playbook when you go to Connor full-time? Yeah, I don't. Yep. Eli, a few drops last week, a few more this week. Aside from just talking about it, what, what do you, how do you address that? I don't know, but we got to address it. Four big drops, uh, two on third downs, one for an explosive play that uh, uh, would have been big for us. So, I mean, no, those are, you know, uh, one was a, a one was a third down led to a field goal. The other one was a drive that would have been a touch. You know, I mean, had a chance to be a touchdown. The other one was a third drive and start the second half, and we can't. Can't can't drop the football. Eli, just the way that the way that Larry's been running and the good things you saw from Connor, are you, do you feel like you're really close to clicking on offense, or is this still a long ways away? I mean, there were times I thought we were clicking pretty good. I thought Dame Hazelton did a really nice job getting open, and Connor and him had a connection. I thought, uh, you know, yeah, we were running the ball well. We were converting on third downs at, at flashes, but uh, there's just not the consistency right now, and. I got to start and take a look in the mirror first. All right, Shane. So I think, uh, you know, they don't want to get into too in-depth right after these post games. And, you know, they're not going to announce this next starting quarterback or anything. But I think he might be on to something. I think Basilak is going to be the guy moving forward until, you know, something – unless he really screws up down the line. You know what? Mm Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, no, he looks sharp. And and I think they working on the chemistry. I mean, Mizzou may have something here a little bit on the offense. And uh, the defense showed just enough to hang in there. I mean, you looked at what they did last week. They were able to shut Alabama down at half. Uh, you know, at, t- at times at Tennessee, they were able to – I mean, I was crediting this offensive line, but there was times that they, they found ways to disrupt the, de- uh, the offense. So uh, they've got pieces, man. That they're you're looking at their record and they're zero and two and you know but they played two good teams so I, I, I just you can't sleep on this team I think the more that they they get acclimated with uh, with Coach Eli's system I th- I think the be- only the better they're going to get so hey Shay well before we move on let's uh, remind the listeners we're brought to you by my bookie the online sports book head on over to mybookie.ag today all new customers receive a hundred percent deposit match up to $1,000. That means if you're a new customer to mybookie.ag and you put in the promo code THATSEC, that's T-H-A-T-S-E-C, they will match your initial deposit up to $1,000. So you could potentially start with $2,000 to gamble on, Shane, immediately. Mm-hmm. And we mm-hmm. got this college football firing up. We're going to get into some some picks here. But, man, I'm just fired up that college football is finally here, and the only thing that makes football better, in my opinion, is drinking some beer and betting all these games. So (laughs) head on over to mybookie.ag. Once again, that promo code is that SEC over at mybookie.ag. Thousands of cross sports, wagers, props, parlays, all that. Winning season begins today only at mybookie with that promo code that SEC. All right, Shane, let's move on down next to uh, the SEC-CBS game, which was basically unwatchable for most of it. But Alabama <laughs> whipped up on Texas A&M 52-24. to And this thing was actually even tied up at 14-all at one point. Alabama jumped out to an early lead. looked like they were just going to dominate. Then they had a couple of mistakes, gave, you know, cracked the door open for the Aggies. But then Alabama just blew it wide open. Mm-hmm. And Mac Jones, I mean, we can end any debate on whether, you know, there's a quarterback competition in Tuscaloosa because, uh, I mean, he's clearly the guy, 20 of 27, 435 yards, four touchdowns, the one interception. But, uh, man, his deep ball is just a thing of beauty right now. And at these Alabama receivers, the next generation, man, John Menchie, five catches, 181, two touchdowns. Perfect compliment here on Saturday to Devonta Smith and Jalen Waddell. And Alabama, I mean, they just look like the most complete team in the SEC right now. You know, I'm not saying they're unbeaten, un- unbeatable or anything. I, I still am going to hold hold to that. I think there's going to be a loss by every SEC team this year. But right now, Alabama looks like the team to beat to me. How about you? Yeah, uh, no question. This It felt like week one they were the only team really prepared mm-hmm. and and now week two it just feels like they're a couple of weeks ahead of everybody else and that that just showed again saturday so alabama's legit uh both sides of the ball not just on offense but also on defense you know they gave kellen mon a, a a hard time buddy i'm telling you they they were able to stop the run and that's what alabama's we're used to mm-hmm. you know good rush defense you know, offense always having the ability to, to to keep the chains moving, and uh, it's funny because you know everybody's talking about uh, Waddle and Smith, and it's and it's like 
who's this Mitchie guy? You know, it's like, <laughs> oh, here we go. They just reload. You know, it's, there's, just, there's always talent down there in Alabama. But uh, the question I want to ask you, Mike, is uh, how hot is that seat getting down there? <laughs> right? The $75 million man? Yet, how many of those paychecks has he actually earned at this point, you know? Yeah. It, it's similar to Auburn. It's, it's like you should be a lot – you should not be losing 52 to 24. I mean, that's, that should not be happening anymore, mm-hmm. but it is. It's it's not a game in the fourth quarter with teams like Alabama and LSU. And it's just like how, how, many, how many more seasons are we going to give this guy? Yeah, I mean – it's interesting because the way they, they've been recruiting and the way they appear to be trending, it certainly look like Texas A&M's year to make their name in the SEC. Hell, I picked them to win the West before all this you know, madness happened and we had to change the schedule and everything. But, man, it's just gone. It's like the wheels are – they're not falling mm-hmm. off yet, but they're, they're wobbling. They're <laughs> wobbling here. And now we got a tough Florida team next on the schedule. And, you know, you're right. I mean, you can't – I would forgive them if they lost, you know, a lot, most of these key games. But you just can't be getting your, your doors blown off you. Right. I mean, we're beyond that. I mean, and they got all these, uh, you know, the secondary looked terrible. Yeah. Um, and, and these are not walk-ons are getting beat. These are five-star kids. So, I mean, it's either they don't belong on the field yet or, you know, they're not getting coached. I mean, it's one or the other. And I would think it's the coaching at this point. Yeah. And it's just, it's everything. I, you know, I think about all these opt-outs that they've had. And then you, you listen to teams like where Nick Saban talks about these guys are just, they're bought in. You know, they're they're already thinking about how how is this playoff structure going to work? You know, that's just, <laughs> that's the mentality that his team has. You hear Pruitt that we're not going to play in fear, you know, and then we, we, we you know, there was rumors of opt-outs and, and, but we just, and then here you got, you got Jimbo losing all of his receivers and you're just sitting there like, you know, you're, you're a hell of a salesman. You got a lot of these kids to come down there and play, but you couldn't convince them that this is your year that as a team, you could really compete in the West. You know, if you, if it, it felt like if you could have that, that whole crew just bought in that this is the year we're going to do something, but instead you got people backing out coming into the season and it's just, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. I'm not trying to make a story. If there's not a story, it's just as a, as a guy that loves college football and he's sitting here on the couch watching what's unfolding down there in Texas A&M, you have to be disappointed with where they're at right now. Mm-hmm. All right, let's kick it over real quick to uh, Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher. We're going to play these back to back just because uh, they were both pretty short. They didn't take a lot of questions. Nick Saban on Mac Jones, on John Menchie's breakout performance, and then Jimbo on what concerns him the most about his A&M team after two games. Uh, well, you know, I think the experience that he got last year was invaluable. Uh, I thought he played fairly well when he played last year. The mistakes were just costly, um, and but he learned from them. Uh, so, you know, we, we expect, you know, Mac to – develop maturity and confidence. He's very smart. He's bright. Uh, he's accurate with the ball. Uh, and we've got some good skill guys. So our you know, strength of our team is to be able to utilize those guys. 
I think we've got to get more out of the running game uh, than what we're doing right now. Uh, but when teams play us to stop the run, uh, then, you know, we've got to try to make big plays. And, you know, Max certainly doing a good job of that. So, um, you know, Max playing very well, uh, but that's really what we expect him to do. And uh, I think his poise has been really good so far this year as well. We'll go to Steven. Yeah, well, we, we've always thought, you know, Jonathan is a, is a real threat. Um, he got the opportunities today. I, see, I think you'll see, you know, different guys out of this core of guys, you know, have those opportunities on various days. But um, he had one other one that we overthrew that would have been another big play. So um, he's a very capable guy. Um, he's worked very hard. Um, and I think this is something that's going to really help his confidence. Uh, and also something that uh, will help us develop confidence in him uh, with his teammates, which um, we need as many weapons as we possibly can. So uh, I'm as excited to see him have a great day today, and I think that will be very good for him from a future standpoint and very good for us. Hey, Jimbo, through two games, what do you like about your team and what concerns you most about your team so far? Well, that – you know, we, we're, we're letting opportunities slip. We have to understand how to maximize our opportunities, and every play matters, and learn to put pressure back on the opponent. Uh, we've given up some big plays on defense and not enough consistency on offense. But the young guys, you see what they're capable of and what they can do. They just have Sound to do it on a more, or they had to do it on a more consistent basis on how they're doing things. So, I mean, there's some good and bad, but, I mean, you know, two games in, uh, there's a lot of work to be done. But it's there. We just got to have the urgency to get it and the details to do it. All right, Shade, so, you know, the biggest thing I, I'm i thinking here after two games with Alabama, though, is is just I don't know how you attack them on offense because I thought the key was going to be, you know, let Mac Jones do his thing and, and you'll live with it. But, I mean, he's shown now in two games that uh, he'll tear you apart. So you got to get to Mac Jones, I think, and that's going to leave you vulnerable to getting <laughs> whopped over the head with Najee Harris with these screens and – and mm -hmm. these dangerous receivers, you know, with uh, bubble screens and things like that. But I think that's what you got to do because I can't recall Mac Jones even getting touched in the Missouri game. He got there was one sack in this game. And if you're just gonna if you're just gonna let him sit back there, he's gonna pick you apart. <laughs> that's it, man. But good luck getting to him. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, Alabama's an absolute unit, and and A and M. It just feels like they're trending in the wrong direction. And I, and I know uh, we finally got to see a little bit from uh, Haynes King there, but how close to a, a true quarterback competition do you think we have going into? I mean, because the road doesn't get easier, Mike. Mm -mm. Next week they got the Florida Gators. So uh, I, do you think that there's a chance? I mean, if they go one and two, I mean, is there a chance that, that – I don't know, either Jimbo's really on the hot seat or that we have some sort of quarterback change. Now, I mean, they got to do something, Mike. Yeah, I don't – I think it's too early to put them on the hot seat. We'll see how the rest of the year goes. But I think you got to play it out with the with your senior unless he's just – because I don't I don't think Kellen Mott really cost him the game here. I thought, it, you know, it was no. just the defense was just so god-awful. And uh, they've, they've got to get that corrected. They just – Texas A&M is not going to win in many shootouts this year. That's 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 for sure. Yeah. No, I know. I know. I just, I don't know. It's just frustrating because I thought this was really going to be a good game there for a minute. And mm -hmm. especially when it got nodded up 14, I was like, you know what? Hey, 
we got ourselves a damn ball game, but <laughs> nope. nope, nope, not so fast, my friend. All right, well, let's skip it all down next to uh, Gainesville, where the Gators are looking strong again. Beat South Carolina thirty-eight to twenty-four, and this was a, this was a weird one, Shane, because you know we both thought this would be a pretty close game. It was at points, but again, I mean, it's kind of the same story for Florida. I mean, they look dominant on offense, mm-hmm. yet their defense. Looks pretty shaky to me at times. I don't know what Nihil Will Muschamp is doing with this clock management down there, but uh, that's that still remains to be seen. But you know, kind of the I thought uh, one of the most interesting things in this game. While yes, we're getting into Shane Battier region here on uh, with, with ESPN. Every time a play is made, or like, was that Pitts? Was that Pitts on the catch? I mean, yes, he's incredible. He's probably the nation's best tight end, but. And we had eight other players catch passes for Florida. So, you know, they did a really good job of spreading the ball around. And uh, I think for South Carolina, you know, I think they're well coached on offense, especially. And that Mm -hmm. shows because, you know, they open drives or open games and they have these incredible touchdown drives. They're just not consistent. I don't think they've got the players to consistently, you know, threaten SEC defenses at this point. Um, and then on on defense, I mean, I don't know. There just seems to be something missing there where they'll make a flash play and then they'll, you know, let Kadarius Tony run through six Gamecocks and nobody <laughs> brings them down. I mean, it's just like it's like a comedy of errors at time with the Gamecocks. And I just don't know what to make of this team. And, and it, when it comes to Florida, I mean, I'm obviously very impressed, but I'm a little concerned that because uh, I don't think Ole Miss and South Carolina anybody thought those were SEC contenders this season. So what's it going to look like when the Gators play a team with a really stout offense? I mean, are, are they going to be able to stop them? I don't know. And after two weeks, that's that's a big question mark for me. Yeah, and I just South Car- I'll tell you what, man. I it had to be frustrating to be a South Carolina fan this week because. I all the dropped passes. Mm-hmm. It's like even Shaw Smith. I I know he's like the only receiver that they have right now. He got targeted at the, eighteen times. Well, I keep going <laughs> to him too compared to these other guys, you know. But it even even him in the end zone dropped two passes. Mm-hmm. So there there was plenty of opportunities for him as well. It's just I don't know, man. Just a ton of drops. Hill was putting it on them. Um, they were running. Honestly, South Carolina had no problems running against Florida. They were they were at times just gashing them, and I, I couldn't help but think, but if, if Marshawn Lloyd was was out there, you know, even if you put him in the slot to give him an extra pair of hands to throw to, I just I just I don't know. South Carolina is missing something, and I, I just I don't know what it is. It's, their offense at times it, it looks good, but it's but all of a sudden it just kind of falls apart at the wrong time, and and then same thing like you said with the defense. And of course you got I mean you got to remember this is Florida Gators, and Florida Gators got a pretty mean little offense, and they've got a lot of mm-hmm. they've got a lot of damn weapons over there. You know, even though everybody's crowned Pitt says can we can we remove him from tight end status? That like he's not a tight end. <laughs> He is a receiver with a big body, right? As, well, I mean, they show, they show him every time he blocks because they they make the point that he can he can put his hands on. So I mean, he's he's six six. Uh, what is he two fifty? I mean, if he stands in the way, it's a it's a block. You know what? 
<laughs> exactly. But uh, I just think this that team's loaded. So uh, to hold them and make this a ball game, I, I was impressed enough by the defense. It was just when you're playing a team like the Florida Gators, you cannot afford to make mistakes. You cannot afford to have costly drops. You've you've just you've got to run a perfect game. And they just did not do it. They 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 came close, but they just couldn't get it done, man. Mm-hmm. And what's what's up with the uh, yeah, where the hell's Doty at? Uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, coach talks about the all they're holding season. them back. They're holding. They're what holding. they they go redshirt them this year? <laughs> <laughs> Saving them for Vanderbilt, I guess. Well, I mean, think about all the shit we heard in the off season about. Uh, you know, there's a lot of players on this team that think Doty's the best athlete. You know, they had that boat thing or whatever, and it's, (laughs) you know, they've just been pumping him up, and then he's not running. Like, your receivers aren't catching the ball. Let's put Doty in there. Let's see what happens. You know, it just blows my mind. Mm. Well, let's let's kick it over to Dan Mullen talking about uh, this defense, and he also talked about uh, spreading the ball around. These questions might be hard to hear, so, so that's why I was kind of explaining it there. Yeah, like I said, I, mean, I don't know if I'm happy. I, I, I think we got to get a lot better in how we certainly get a lot better in how we finish the game. You know, offensively should have finished the game much sooner. Uh, defensively, have the opportunity to get off the field and the, the first time we, we stopped them, right? I mean, was on the last play of the game there. So, I mean, we gave up 11 conversions today um, with get off the field opportunities, whether it's third or fourth down. Um, so we got to do a better job getting off the field. Um, but, happy, yeah, I'm very happy that we finished. And, and you know, like I said, it, it, when, when it came down to it, we made the plays to win the game. Can you put your finger on anything now that you see defensively when you talk about getting off the field when it's third down or fourth down? Execution, effort, you know, I mean, I think there, there's we, we had a couple mistakes uh, out there on the field uh, in some of the calls. I think we, we still have got to, you know, tackle a bit better, and we gotta, we got to get strained to the ball a little bit better. Um, you know, the attention to detail on all the little things that, you know, we're, we're still catching up on defensively. Guys. And then you mentioned kind of, you know, until things got rolling with the defense, do you feel like the issues are fundamental or just kind of rust that needs to be shaken off? Uh, we'll see. I think it's a lot of, a lot of I, I think it's a yes. It's a combination of a bunch of different things. And, you know, and, and it's not one thing that's going to show on one specific play or one thing that's going to show 15 to 20 times during the course of the game. I think, you know, there's a couple different things. When you get to, to execution, when we get to tackling in the open field, when we get to making sure we get lined up properly and making sure we get 11 guys running the football properly. Um, I think a little just combinations of those things. Um, that, but, but, but again, I, I don't know. I mean, it looks like, you know, in this game, again, another high-scoring game that's a little bit more high-scoring than what most people are looking usually used to see in this time of year. And, but I think uh, defense is like, like the reverse this year. Defenses will start catching up as the year keeps moving forward. Nine different players caught passes today. Um, you know, how much does that add to your offense and how do you manage that? Ah, uh, I mean, that's a lot, I guess, because it's, you know, what, what you look at is I think people look and say, okay, how are you getting the ball to this guy? How are you getting that ball to that guy? We don't. We call our plays, and we're going to take the matchups they give us. And, you know, I think Kyle understands that, does a good job of that. And, you know, we'll have certain get-it-tos to get guys the ball, but 
Uh, we just want to run our offense and then execute it at a, at a high level and take the best matchups that they're going to give us. And uh, I think by the first game, we had 11 different guys who catch us nine today. It just shows that, you know, it is. It's, we're not a team that's just force feeding the ball to one guy. And it, it shows that we have the depth of the receivers. You know, well, let me see this here. One, two, three, four, five, six different wide receivers with catches. You know, then people wonder how we have four from last year's team going to the NFL, and now we have six with catches this year. We're, you know, it's not like we're one of these teams that just throws it to one guy. Uh, you know, we're gonna we're gonna spread the ball around to a lot of different players. Uh, you know, and makes it fun for them to know that hey, they they get the opportunity to get catches every single game. All right, Shane. So you know, I feel like I was a little critical of the Gators there opening because yeah, I, I don't think the defense has been great, but hell, you could say the same thing against about LSU last year. And they came around Florida. I think they got much of the same because they've got some elite talent on that side of the ball. I know mm-hmm. Todd Grantham, he catches a ton of shit from a lot of fans. Even, oh, some, yeah. even some Florida fans, are they don't seem to like him at times. But I do think he's one of the better SEC defensive coordinators. So I got confidence that this unit's going to turn around. But I'm just hoping that it doesn't bite him at the wrong time uh, when you're playing a team like a Georgia all of a sudden who looks like a good offense, LSU, which we'll get to, they're starting to come alive. Uh, but that's kind of the major hiccup for me. But at the same time, the way college football is right now, I'll take the the offense with the quarterback, elite tight end slash receiver and all these weapons. And uh, that seems to be, you know, the recipe for winning football and college football these days more than having a dominant defense. Absolutely. It's like that old saying, offense wins championships. <laughs> Just kidding. But that's what it's turned to. It's not like it's not like it used to be when we were growing up. It, it's, a, it's a different animal. Some, it all, I mean, when you think about it, it's who has the most points on the board when the score's done, you know, or when mm-hmm. the game's over. So uh, Florida can hang with anybody with that offense. Now, kicking back over to South Carolina, like I was saying, I don't, what in the hell you, you want to talk about Doty? What, where's he at? But I'm more worried about what in the hell we're doing down two touchdowns and, and it's just a damn methodical drive. And, oh. at, you know, at the end of the game, Muschamps are saying, well, they're, they're, we're just taking what they're giving us. But, no, that's bullshit because they're, they're milking the play clock. They're looking over to the sideline. They're huddling up. It's almost like South Carolina does not have a two-minute offense. And this takes me back to week one. Remember, South Carolina almost had the ball, if not for the muff. They would have had about, I think, a minute 20 seconds against Tennessee to to drive, you know, the length of the field to win the game. They would have went about nine yards at this pace (laughs) in a minute and a half. I mean, this I don't know what in the hell they're doing. And, um, I mean, we need to get some answers here. No, I I agree. And and it's just funny because the commentator's like, are they are they substituting? You know, it's like <laughs> it's like I imagined what it would be like to be a South Carolina fan when that was going on, and I was ready to rip my TV off the wall. And then, as a Florida fan, like if I was imagining myself as a Gator fan, mm-hmm. I was just thinking, "Oh, this is perfect." You know, <laughs> just just what are you doing? But keep doing it. You know, it's like I'm just watching this <laughs> clock just tick down and. And say, you know, Muschamp can say what he want, but he wasted a good three minutes or or at least his offense did. And which surprises me because just about, I mean, at every practice you go over the two minute drill and and it just seems like they were not prepared. That's coaching, man. So (laughs) that that's on you, Musch. 
Well, let's kick it over to him where he tries to explain this in a nonsensical way and then on his offense being so up and down through two games so far. Well, you got the guy, you guys got the ball back with eight minutes to go down two scores. Why such a deliberate pace on that drive? Well, it wasn't a deliberate pace. It was, at the end of the day, we're, we're trying to get first downs. They were playing more coverage. They were staying on top. We weren't able to get some explosives down the field. We are taking what they were giving us. You still have a minute to play in the game with two timeouts with an onside kick. And you got an opportunity to go win the game if you, if you score. And so we had to go for it on a couple fourth downs. I don't know how many play drive it was, but there was a lot of plays strung together. And there weren't a bunch of explosive plays within the drive because in most situations they were playing coverage. Certainly, do we want more time on the clock? Yeah, but at the end of the day, you got to take what they give you in that situation. And that's what we were being able to do to stay alive with the drive. And then as far as the clock management, is that uh, you doing the clock management, or is that Mike Bobo? That's off. We're, we're just trying to get down the field, guys. I mean, if they would have given us a nine ball that we could have thrown and scored really fast, we would have done it. They weren't. They were playing. They were staying on, on top of the coverage in all situations. And we could have played a little crisper pace, you know, especially there when it gets to about four minutes in the game. Uh, but we're trying to stay on the field to score to make it a one-score game to onside kick with two timeouts to go try and win the game. All right? Well, I think drops. I don't. I mean, there was nothing that I didn't think they were doing that was stopping us. We had opportunities on third down. We had opportunities for uh, big plays. We had opportunities to keep the chains moving, and we don't do it. And we had. I don't know. I mean, I, I think we had six at one point in the first half. So you know, Colin was very accurate with the football. Competed his ass off, um, but we didn't. Um, you know, we just didn't didn't catch the ball very well. I think if we caught the ball well as well as we were running at the time, uh, you know, we we'd have you know been able to do some good things offensively. But we didn't we didn't do that. And obviously, that dig when you go against an offense like that, you don't answer. You dig yourself in in a hole. All right, Shane. Well, uh, when you get uh, responses like that, it's pretty easy to see why South Carolina's had two games this year and twice. Fire Muschamp has been trending on social media <laughs> immediately after him. So, yeah, I mean, that was just a poor show in there by the Gamecocks. And, I mean, I just don't know what else you can say beyond that. No, that's just garbage. And, and like I said, you, there was a lot of th- mistakes made earlier in the game that, you know, where it got to that that point. But, no, at the, at the tail end – it had to be, you had to play a perfect game, and they just didn't. They, they were all out of sync there at the end. All right, Shane, let's kick it down to uh, Lexington, where heartbreaker for the Kentucky Wildcats. I'm done with them for this year. <laughs> On to 2021 after this result, because Ole Miss, man. And let's credit the Rebels, because they played their guts out. They could have easily given up in this one, but they held on in overtime, 42-41, to 41, thanks to a – Missed extra point by Matt Ruffalo of Kentucky. I mean, that was the difference in the game. But how often can we say we watched a game <laughs> where where a team had 56 rushes for 408 yards and six touchdowns and only one turnover? It's, you know, if there was 10 turnovers, I would have said, oh, okay, that, t- that team may have lost. But one turnover, I'm just trying to figure out what in the hell happened here that Kentucky lost this football game and it's – it's damn near inconceivable to me. I mean, what in the hell are we doing here, Kentucky? You're dominating on the ground. 
and you're doing what you got to, but now all of a sudden the defense is terrible. Oh, dude, I, I, and I told you, Mike, I told you coming in this game, what does Kentucky need to do? They need to get back to their roots. They need to run the ball. They need to chew the clock, and that's exactly what they did. But, man, I probably should have said their defense needs to not play like shit <laughs> <laughs> because they are horrible at times, you know? It's just – they do good, and then they just like, eh, let's let them. You know, it's like, it was, it was, it blew my mind some of the things that they let loose there in, uh, there in uh, Lexington. Mm-hmm. Now the the only silver lining, if there is one, you're zero and two in the SEC. It's just going to get tougher from here on out. But Terry Wilson, I mean, he looked uh, kind of like his old self. Maybe not as quick, but he was making moves. He had 129 yards rushing, three touchdowns. I mean, he looked fantastic, so that's great to see. We get all worked up about Joey Gatewood, and now here Terry Wilson's playing the game of his life. Maybe he just needed uh, old Joey to be eligible to to feel that. But, uh, yeah, I don't know what in the hell we're, where we go from here because, I mean, Kentucky is doing what you got to do to to win football games outside of playing good defense, obviously, but – I mean, I mean, this is this is like their bread and butter, and they keep losing these damn games. And I don't know. I mean, I'm not suggesting that uh, Mark Stoops' team is just going to go into the tank, but you know, this may be one where. Remember, leading up to the season, it was Gus Malzahn saying, "Well, hell, we play the toughest schedule every year. We're used to it." Yeah. yeah that's maybe one thing, and we we didn't note that. But one thing we didn't say, you know, there's teams like Kentucky which I'm not trying to be disrespectful to them, but they really seem to go out of their way to schedule like three easy non-conference games every year. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with doing that, but it's almost like they pad their win totals with that, and then they get into these like tough matches in the SEC where you know they're not blowing people out. They're just kind of like – it's like a scrapyard fight or something. And right. they just keep coming up short in these games. And if you don't got these non-conference games to work out your issues – and to kind of pad your win totals, um, I don't know. I mean, maybe Kentucky's just not the same without those kind of get-right games, and and now they're losing these coin flip games, and and all of a sudden they're looking like one of the – all the people that mock Kentucky, now they, it kind of looks like – I don't want to say those people were right, but it's almost like they're justified in, their, in what they think of Kentucky. Yeah, and to be honest with you, Mike, Kentucky is a, a – they have more talent than Ole Miss. Okay. Yeah. Ole Miss is Ole Miss has got some great players. Uh, you know, kudos to Matt Carell. He I honestly I, I thought he was fantastic. I think he only mm-hmm. had like four or five incompletions during this whole game. But mm-hmm. it makes you wonder this thing came down to coaching and and boneheaded mistakes. I mean obviously if I don't know if you've seen this game or if you've seen the highlights from this game, there was some damn I mean, there was some damn plays on here. Uh, you had, uh, what's his name, celebrating before he got to the end zone. And then three plays later, he's fum- uh, they fumble at the – you know, it's just – I was like, man, somebody needs to go down here and burn some sage in these <laughs> locker rooms. and You know, because it just felt like Kentucky was cursed. And they still found a way to stay in this thing, mainly from that offensive line and these running backs. They, they did what they do, but they just didn't have an answer – for slowing down Lane Kiffin's offense. When I mean, when it when it came down to crunch time, they just couldn't come away with a big play or a big stop. So mm-hmm. 
kudos to Ole Miss getting their first win, man. Lane Kiffin getting his first win. They they look good, man. Yeah, and much like Sam Pittman, this is going to be something for Lane Kiffin and company to build upon here moving forward. So let's kick it over to uh, Lane Kiffin real quick and Mark Stoops. Let's do back-to-back here. Uh, Lane Kiffin, oh, my God, he trolled the damn Kentucky oh, kicker yeah. here. I mean, this is fantastic. <laughs> on Ole Miss's, uh struggling run defense and on how his team plays better from behind. And then Mark Stoops pretty defeated after this one, talking about Kentucky's issues on defense and then on – on how in the hell Kentucky keeps losing these games despite uh, dominating in the aspects that uh, kind of matter most in the vast majority of SEC football games. At the end of the day, you just got to score more than they do. You know, said it all week. We got to get to 1 0. And whether it's 2 nothing or 42 41, find a way to win. And, and we did. And we sent a Christmas present to their kicker. Lane defense gave up 400 rushing yards but had three key stops late uh, third and early fourth in the quarter. What do you take away from that play? 408, actually. Um, so, obviously, you're not going to win many games like that. But we did make some stops. They are a great running team. Um, but, you know, we obviously got to play better than that. Um, but, <clears throat> like you said, we made some stops there uh, in the second half. Gave us a chance to win. We just talked at halftime. It wasn't really a scheme thing. Guys were there. We were missing tackles. We weren't playing physical up front. I thought we were getting knocked around on both sides of the ball. I don't think we ran the ball well at all on offense. So, you know, luckily, you know, we got some great skilled players that bailed us out in the passing game, you know, because in this conference, I don't think you can be finesse and win a lot. So, We've got to become more physical. The way your offense responded down 14 points and then again down in overtime, are you just are you at all impressed by how they have responded to adversity so far in these first two games, or was this kind of what you expected from them from practice? No, they've done a good job. Um, I feel like they actually played better from behind. You know, they start fast and we kind of hit a lull when we're ahead or tied and do better from behind. But you know, it was good. We screwed up the speed option down there on the goal line. You know, by cracking the receiver, so the corner came off, and that I thought that was maybe going to haunt us and be the you know reason we lost because um, we should have walked in there and left the ball down on the one. So uh, really good to fight back from that because that's hard to overcome. Mark, especially the second half, was there anything in particular that all this was doing that was giving you the most trouble? They were doing uh, what they wanted to do. Uh, to be honest with you, uh, they they uh, really had us off balance. Um, they spread you out. They, they go extremely fast. Um, you know, we we've we've got to play better. We got it to a two point or a two touchdown lead, and then from there we really played poor on defense. And they scored so quick that momentum can shift. You're going to go through. Uh, stretches in these games this season, you know, again with the uh, the margin for error is, is is small. You have to do things right, and um, you know you definitely knew that going into the game. But a team like that could put the foot on the gas and go extremely fast, um, and it'll be again it'll be very similar uh, this next week. Hey, uh, Mark, you've always noted to us that uh, you know the team that wins the rushing yards is in pretty good shape in, in almost all the SEC games. 
over the years is you've done that two weeks in a row in a pretty dominant fashion. Is it, do you feel like this is just kind of an anomaly or is something changing in, in the dynamics? Both. I think both. Um, certainly with this style of offense and next week, um, next week it won't matter as well. Time of possession won't matter in the uh, – I mean, obviously you want to possess the ball, but you need to score points and we need to be explosive. Um, so, you know, when we were stopped tonight, if you really look at it, I, I mean, it, it's hard for me to, you know, be exact here right now. i got a lot of things running through my head. Um, but there, there are times when I know we shot ourselves in the foot, whether it be a penalty again or whether it be, you know, the, the one or two drives starting way backed up. Um, you know, we came up a half yard short early in the first half. You know, there's things, uh, there's more plays and yards out there. Um, it's important, but it's not the end-all, be-all. And we, we know that. When you're playing uh, Ole Miss, who could who go as fast as they can, and, and they're so explosive in the pass game. But they're, they're, they're very balanced. Uh, they're a team that um, they rushed for 139 tonight. That's, that'll be low for them. They, they'll rush for they're, they're generally going to be a team that's going to rush for the, around 200 and and uh, and throw for around 300. That's that's uh, that's what they've been averaging. If you look at their coordinator, um, where he was at UCF and um, what they want to do, they put pressure on you in that run game, uh, but they also can throw it and uh, and get explosive plays outside. So, um, you know, I think with that was a, is still a good recipe for us. If you rush for 400 yards, it, it's going to give us an opportunity to win the game. However, we have to play better defense than that, um, or you're not going to win. So we had our opportunities, and uh, we got to make some stops. All right, Chad. So I mean, God, <laughs> God bless Lane Kiffin and his damn his shirts that he's wearing to the pressers and everything. I mean, uh-huh. uh, trolling damn kickers here. I mean, man, this is this is fun again. At least at least we got that. And uh, you know, it's interesting when he's talking about uh, you know his team playing better from behind because. Hey, I think he might be on to something there. And, and credit, like I said, credit to his team because they could have easily went in the tank when they were just getting gashed. But, you know, mm-hmm. it's almost like holding on for dear life at one point. And then mm-hmm. once you realize you're still in it, you know, you get loose and you just play without worry. And that's what Ole Miss seemed to do. And, man, if they play like that the rest of the way, hell, they just played Florida and Kentucky. I mean, those are two excellent teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not saying they're going to just, you know, go stampede the rest of their schedule, but uh, they, they should be, you know, fearless going into the rest of these games that they can play with just about anybody. Yeah, for sure. I, and kudos. i tell you, I, I Lane Kiffin is legit guys. He is a legit coach. He could take something and make it competitive, even though it's not there yet. Uh, I just, I just thought that was a, that was not only a big win because it was his first, first win of the season, not, what about Lane Kiffin's outfit? <laughs> <laughs> Did you see that? Everybody's giving him a hard time. Like first week he comes in casual Friday and they're like, that's not, that's not good enough. Let's make fun. of So then he goes out and he gets a suit and everybody wants to make fun of the suit. I thought it looked pretty sharp. So mm-hmm. kudos to Lane Kiffin. Kudos to this offense for hanging in there. And I tell you what, man, they, they need to, they need to have hell week up there in Lexington. They, mm-hmm. because they, I think they are reading these clippings, the, the first game, the second, they didn't make the adjustments that they needed. And now they're sitting here at zero and two. And if I would have told you, Mike, 
name the teams that you think have a good shot of being 0-2 after the first two ball games. I guarantee you wouldn't have mentioned Kentucky. The, you were high on them. I was high on them. And, and, and now here they are. What, what do they do from, from this point, man? Who do they got next week? Does it get easier? They nope. got Mississippi yep. State, which will be a toss-up. But then they got Tennessee and Georgia. Jeez. So, I mean, they're, they're staring at the face of 0-5 potentially. Mm. Like you said, this has got to be a prove-it game for them. Yeah. Now, how about this on the flip side, though? I know Ole Miss playing Alabama next week. That's going to be incredibly difficult. No one's going to be picking them to win that one. But listen to these next games here. At Arkansas, Auburn, at Vanderbilt, South Carolina, and at Texas A&M. Now, I'm not saying that Ole Miss is going to beat all those teams or anything, but did I just name any team that you would be surprised that Ole Miss beat? No, not yeah, at all. I, I, so, I mean, they, they've got some serious, serious uh, momentum going behind the lane train. So, man, I, I'd be pretty fired up if I'm a Rebel fan after, uh, you know, what we were trying to – or spe- specifically I was tr- downplaying what uh, Ole Miss I thought they were going to be this year, and, and they're, they're playing lights out right now. Yeah, you had them last in the West, so mm-hmm. they've got – they're coming for you, Mike. <laughs> All right, final game to talk about here, Shane. LSU, they they are who we thought they were. Yes. 41 to 7 over Vanderbilt. And uh man, the LSU defense really really took control of this one. Ken Seals looked pretty solid against uh Texas A&M in this one only 113 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. And Miles Brennan, my god, he looks like, you know, all the hype that they were saying, 337 mm-hmm. yards, four touchdowns. Did have a pick, but you know, all in all, this is an outstanding performance. John Emery had a breakout game, 103 yards and a touchdown on just 12 carries. And this was a game that uh, was just never in doubt. I mean, this is what – this was more impressive. I know, obviously, LSU was a lot better last year, but this was a more impressive showing than last year mm-hmm. when it was just – you know, it was like a shootout game. At least this year, the defense, you know, did what they were supposed to do completely, completely – clamped down on Vanderbilt outside of some rushing. You know, Vanderbilt uh, in the line of trenches this year has been pretty good. I'll give them that. But beyond that, I mean, there was almost no glimmer of hope for Vanderbilt on this one. And this is what you want if you're Coach O in your LSU program. You jump on a team early, you stomp on their throat, and you just, you know, keep that pedal down. And Mm -hmm. now it looks like LSU is going to have a little bit more momentum after such a, a troubling start. And Derek Stingley played in this game, and he was outstanding. Yeah, and I just – I want to go back to Emory because this is a guy that we've been expecting since spring of last year. Uh, there's there's always hype coming around him, especially out of practice, and he just wasn't able to do it, never had the opportunity. And, and man, he shined. He didn't – I mean, he, he only had 12 carries, but he, with those 12 carries, he had 103 yards and a touch. He was just – he was all over the field. I love this defense, how they bounced back from last week. Last week was a total embarrassment. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bo Pelini is actually sleeping this weekend. So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's starting to unpack a few of those boxes. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> we may stay here for a while. But, uh, no, this was a huge win. Uh, like you said, never in doubt. And, honestly, it was one of those games that like I tried to watch. But I was just like, 
at first I didn't want to jinx it because I, I, I was getting close to my spread, you know, <laughs> but I was like, well, I just want to see what's going on over there. And then I'd, I'd catch myself watching about five, t- 10 minutes of it. And I was like, Oh, well, what else? Let's go to the other games. <laughs> you know, so it was uh Vanderbilt had a, had a terrible showing here and it kind of surprised me because uh, how sound they played last week. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, let's kick it over real quick here to coach O and Derek Mason back to back here. This is uh, Coach O on LSU's improvements from week one to week two, on John Emery's breakout game, on Miles Brennan returning to form here, or at least the form they anticipated. And then uh, Coach Mason talks briefly here on learning about his team and on, uh, you know, just once the things start to go downhill on him, it just kind of snowballed on the Commodores. So, so much improvement. Uh, what are you most proud of? Either the offensive line, the secondary. It's, yeah. It seems like everybody really. Yeah. You know, I, I'm most proud of you know Cam Wire starting at left tackle. You know John Emery. You know John Trey Kirkland. You guys. You know in the offensive line blocked well. I thought Miles made some excellent plays. He missed some plays, but you know what? He, he did very well. Uh, defense. I thought you know Bo did a tremendous job of, of game planning these guys. Uh, we never panicked. Uh, we stuck with what we know. I thought we played solid football. There's a lot less mistakes in this football game than there were in the first. Ed, leading up into this game, you were talking about how you wanted the run game to be more involved. Uh, I mean, what can you say about John Emery's performance tonight? Yeah. And second question, I mean, what kind of led to his, uh, you know, start today? Was Curry yeah. not available? And maybe you could tell yeah. us a little bit about Yeah, it. you know, Curry was not available. And uh, him and Tyron were going to share the ref. Tyron started, but John got hot. Kevin kept him in. Josh, Josh came in at the end. But you know what? Uh, We've been seeing this John Emery runs. We've been seeing it in practice, and, and he finally got a chance in the game. So, excellent job, and what I'm most proud of is him protecting the football. From the advocate, with Miles' development, I mean, how much did you expect to kind of maybe see such kind of a jump like that from week one to week two, and what do you sort of expect from him to continue to yeah. do? Yeah, well, he has to do it. And, and, and to play the LSU standard performance and tonight, you know, he stepped up in the pocket. He didn't try to scramble to the right like he did his first game. He stepped up in the pocket. He was patient. I made some big-time throws in the, in the pocket. But, again, there's some, still some things that he's got to improve on. You know, the receivers dropped a lot of those passes, and those passes were on the money, so you got to put it on the receivers. you got to catch the ball. But overall, I was very pleased with Miles. I just learned a lot about this football team. Uh, we, we, we're still – I mean, our football team has got a lot of football left to play. I mean, we're going to get better. Um, and we're going to look at this tape, and we're going to see, man, exactly where we need to go. I thought a couple of guys stood out to me tonight. You know, Donovan Kaufman played hard. Um, he he continues to, you know, man, be impressive. Um, defensively, he's still got to learn some things. But in special teams, I think you guys saw, man, he's got an ability um, to, to, to get vertical. Uh, he's fast, he's quick, and he can do some things. I thought Javion Marlowe ran hard all night. Um, both both him and Jamari, I thought did a really good job. But um, as I look at this football team, we just got a lot to clean up. Short amount of time. We got South Carolina coming in here next week, and and again, you know, we'll look at the tape and get better. Well, I, I tell you what, I thought I thought they did a good job of executing what they did. I thought we did a poor job of executing the things that we needed to do. So again, credit to LSU for the game that they played. Um, you know, for us, we had our chances. We 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 had some opportunities to to create some momentum, put some points on the board, and and, and we didn't. And I think you know, in not doing that, you know, it starts to become the snowball effect a little bit. You know, for our guys, our guys just got to continue. You know, man, to keep 
you know, functioning, playing within the, you know, framework of what we do. And, uh, you know, for us, man, we're going to look at this game and we're going to – we're <laughs> all these guys are going to want, you know, some of this back. I know I want some back now, but you don't get a chance to get it back. You, you just get a chance to pay it forward. All right, Shane. So, again, I mean, this is – you know, credit to you. You've nailed this pick. So, uh, mm-hmm. you saw it coming. I, I didn't based on week one. What we saw from LSU, I was a little concerned that maybe off season of just being the damn champions of the world, maybe that was, you know, weighing on their shoulders and everything. But this is what I wanted. This is what we all wanted to see if you're an LSU fan, because now we get back into the grind of the, I mean, it was already the SEC schedule, but there was, they were huge favorites in this game for a reason. This is the LSU top 10 type team. We thought they were. And uh, I think it's good for the league because you just don't want you don't want your reigning champion to be a joke the next year. You know what I mean? You want them to be right. in it, fighting for that title. And I know they already got one loss, but hell, they beat Alabama. Guess what? They got the tiebreaker. So <laughs> it, uh, LSU, by no means out of it. This is something we said all week, and uh, this is the right sign you needed to to get right back into that SEC race. That's it, man. You control your own destiny and. Uh, it was just, it was good to see the rebound, like you said. And I, I think this was a big step. These guys were embarrassed. Coach was embarrassed. Coach doesn't like getting up there and talking about, you know, a, a loss that they shouldn't have had. And uh, these guys got it right this week. Uh, they still, I mean, they still made some mistakes, but, you know, definitely I don't think they're going to have to learn as much going into next week as they did coming into this one. All right, Shane, final thing we got on the podcast, our little game here. I'll try to go quick here since we're going long, but we're going to guess the week three SEC lines, and we'll start with the game of the week, Tennessee at Georgia. What did you predict for this one, buddy? Tennessee at Georgia. I got Georgia minus 10. Ooh, I got you this one, Shane. I said Georgia minus 13, and it opened as Georgia – 14-point favorite, two-touchdown mm. favorite at home. Um, I guess that's not too big of a surprise for you there, is it? No respect, Mike. No <laughs> respect. <laughs> All right, uh, how about this one? Florida at Texas A&M. What'd you have for that one? Uh, minus eight and a half for Florida. Ooh, I said Florida 14, but you got it because the actual mm. spread, Florida minus seven, so only – Oh. A touchdown there, so hey, maybe they're thinking Texas A&M. This is going to be the week they finally show up. But uh, that's an Has interesting one. Has this moved? Uh, since the opening, I'm not sure. I, I honestly have not checked okay. since the opening, but I would imagine that it has. Yes. Florida fans are like, don't you fucking do it? <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, next next game on the docket here: South Carolina at Vanderbilt. What'd you have for this one? South Carolina gets their first win, minus 10. Oh, wait, we're not doing predictions. Minus 10. <laughs> hey, I said the same thing, minus 10. Uh, we were very close, so that it's a tie. South Carolina favored by 12, which is okay. kind of a, a weird one, but uh, yeah, that's about what we were expecting here. Mm-hmm. Arkansas at Auburn. What you got for that one? Auburn minus 12 and a half. Ooh, I win this one. I said Auburn minus 13 and a half, and it actually opened as Auburn, get this, Shane, minus 18. Can they even score 18 points in a football game? I don't know. Wow. But uh, they're 18-point they're favorite, the Chad Morris revenge game. 
Uh oh. This is this is gonna be one to monitor right there. Yeah, absolutely. All right, uh, next on the docket here, Alabama at Ole Miss. What you got for that one? Alabama minus 45. Just kidding. 24. (laughs) (laughs) I said Alabama minus 20, but you almost nailed it dead on. It's Alabama minus 23. Mm. So you win this round. You were uh, just one point off there. How about uh, Mississippi State at Kentucky? I got Mississippi State minus three. I said Mississippi State favored by a touchdown. Get this, Shane. Kentucky's the favorite. Kentucky's favored by three. So this is going to be one of those interesting games where, yeah, we both thought, you know, Mississippi State, based on what we've seen, the better team. But the matchup there is interesting because Kentucky can't stop the pass. Mississippi State probably can't stop the run too well. So uh, we might have ourselves a little shootout here. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Oh, this would be a good game. All right, last one here, Missouri at LSU. What you got for this one? LSU minus 21. I said LSU minus 16, and it's 18, so I win that one too. But uh, hey, a little bit more competitive this week. But hey, some interesting numbers here. I mean, like I said, these are just the opening lines. I'm sure they're going to shift wildly mm-hmm. during the week here. But uh, I like the fact that uh, we've got a couple here that are, that are just a couple points. And then I think we've already seen. I mean, you're seeing some lopsided spreads here, but – Week one, Mississippi State was an 18-point dog. They won. Arkansas was an 18-point dog. They won. So, you know, these underdogs, they're getting it done, too. So, even yeah. all, the, all on the road. So, I don't think uh, I don't think all these games are going to be blowouts by any means. No. Like I said, Mike, any given Saturday, any of these teams could go down. So, and we've got some good ones. We've got Tennessee-Georgia going to be the CBS game. We've got... Mm-hmm. Florida, Texas A&M, that's always fun. Uh, mm-hmm. I, let me see. Auburn, Ole Miss, I mean, the storylines there with uh, uh, Lane and Saban getting together again. I just think this is going to make for uh, some great entertainment this weekend. I love it, Mike. Looking forward to it. And, uh, man, two weeks down, man. We still got eight to go, baby. Yeah, just looking at these schedules, all SEC games. I mean, every damn game on the slate is one that I'm interested to see. So, uh, this really, this truly has been so far the best year ever SEC football, and we got a lot more to get to it. So, I'm I'm just happy to sit here and talk about it. Me too, man. Me too. And everybody, somebody told me today. First thing they said, did you hear uh, Oklahoma lost another game? I was like, I ain't got time for Oklahoma. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And everybody's talking about the Big Ten. Firing up. I ain't got time for it because we've got SEC action every week and it's working out perfect, man. I love it because you can almost watch every game. It's 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 fantastic. I hope this is a new thing, Mike. I really do. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, buddy, uh, we're getting late here, so yep. I, I'm going to cut this bad boy short. Well, not really, but cut it sure. here. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, hey, remember to leave, if you made it this far, please give us that five star written review. An update on that. We'll have more to come on that. But new teams, koozies, getting ordered. Not just the ones we've already been talking about, but more coming. <laughs> so uh, leave us that five-star written review. Get you one of them koozies. But uh, that's all I got, Shane. Thanks for joining me as always. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Catch you on the next one. All right. See you guys. Go balls. Thank you, Coach Joe.